This is CliffCentral.com. Thank you so much for joining us yet again on another Wednesday afternoon, Cliff Central Biz. It's another beautiful episode of um, 360 Biz, man. You know, it's a platform that brings you the latest information, the latest business information, and all things current affairs, entrepreneurial development, and initiatives that are really aimed at impacting the country for growth and development. And today we're speaking about an amazing topic, but I think before I delve into that, um, Teho, how was... I don't know whether to say day, but how was how was how was how was how was the portion of your day you've had so far? Oh, hi, hi, <laughs> Bulelani. Um, I've had a hectic morning, hectic, hectic, hectic morning. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that after the show, things will just come down. But it's deadlines, it's life in jail is hectic, you know, and having to do, um, having to wear many hats is is can be very very challenging. But I'm good. How are you? And I'm I'm very good. So I came here using um 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 meter tax not meter tax as well. Yeah, yeah tax mm. And this gentleman runs out of fuel, right? <laughs> 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 and then he passes two garages, but the car keeps cutting and it's an awkward situation, yeah. right? So I guess that's what not to do as an entrepreneur. Always be prepared, <laughs> always always gas up and make sure that you're ready for the journey ahead. So did and you have to guess while you were there? No, he didn't. He drove past both fuel stations. I don't know why, but it's one of those, I guess. Everyone has got their own way of doing stuff. So I think you're going to be taking us through our topic and uh, the write-up for today's show. I'm actually um, very intrigued by the topic for today because it's something that I I posted on my social media pages. So yesterday, StatsSA published their latest quarterly labor force survey, survey results for the third quarter of the year, showing that South Africa's unemployment rate has increased marginally to 27.5%. So this means that there were 6.2 million people who are without jobs in the three months to the end of September, compared to the 6.1 million people in the prior quarter. Um, and the stats office said the formal sector, private households, and agriculture recorded declines in employment, while the informal sector had Employment gains. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. So, actually. yeah. So essentially, one would believe that we are now in a pro- in a period where unemployment is going down. I mean, un- unemployment is going up, and um, we feel probably this is the best time. I don't know, Bilenani. Probably this is the best time where people need to start thinking of creating jobs instead of being um, consumers. So that's what we're talking about today. So we're talking about the the rise in the un- unemployment rate and also versus is there are people creating more jobs? So are we driving entrepreneurship? So that's our topic for today. Sure, man. I mean, it's a very interesting topic. I think looking at the notes, I mean, you had sent earlier on, I mean, those stats are crazy high, right? Mm. Of, of, of young people. I think especially the ones I was looking at between the ages of about what? I think 25 and 35. Mm. I think it's sitting comfortably at about 45, 50 something percent of them are unemployed. Mm-hmm. And this is crazy because mm-hmm. I think it then disrupts, um, the economy because I think me as an entrepreneur, I mean, quite recently we suffered an incident at the office, you know, and that was purely because I'd like to think to a certain degree is purely because people are hungry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. part, re- part of the reasons why we have some of the social ills or experience some of the social ills that we do is purely because of the scourge of unemployment. You mm-hmm. know, I think after a while you get frustrated you know mm-hmm. and you want to take matters into your own hands and sometimes mm-hmm. it means that forcefully taking things out of people's hands it might not be the right thing to do but um that's the only thing you can do at that particular point in time because you feel that you don't have a choice but then the other thing is that there are choices you know so that's okay is a life of opportunities are we taking um these are we grabbing these opportunities with both hands or are we just sitting back and saying there are no jobs mm. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm very, very interested in our topic today and I think we should get onto it and, um, say hi to our guests, you know, just tell us who you are and welcome to the show. I will start with you. Uh, my name is Musa Maswankani. Oh, that voice. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> is it that, Sunday yet? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. That voice. Oh my God. Okay. You can continue. <laughs> She's being naughty. Um, I'm Musa Maswangani, um, the founder of RateMyProduct.co.za, and I'm in the e-commerce space and just a digital entrepreneur in general. 
My name is Rapelang Mutsumi from the Entrepreneurship Ecosystem Company, or we call ourselves TIC. So we are more into the ecosystem matchmaking, and uh, we do enterprise development. Awesome. We are supposed to be joined by Nomalungelo D, who is a talent and career development manager for Tiger Brands. Um, hopefully we'll get time to speak to her as well. Yeah, man. So I think, I think for me, um, one of the, one of the questions I'd like to open up with, right, is, um, to the guests in studio. I mean, what do you guys make of these crazy numbers? So when you guys look at these numbers, what comes to mind? Well, if I can start, <laughs> so, so I think we have to first understand what is unemployment. So unemployment means that there are more people seeking employment than those who are able to create it. And that is a situation that we are faced with in the country that so many people, they are looking for employment. On the other hand, you have few people who are creating employment. Mm-hmm. So how do you resolve the situation? So it means that you have to rebalance and have more people creating employment. And we are saying that um, the government can create employment, the private sector can create employment is only the entrepreneurs that can create employment. Mm. So it means that when we are looking for those numbers to change, then we should be looking at trying to improve the state of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. You, sir? Um, phew, the numbers are, seems like the numbers are increasing <laughs> each and every quarter. Um, just certain sectors are the ones that really win, but the overall picture, it's, it's, it's a telling picture. Mm. Um, the, the solutions are not obvious because there's so many different pockets when you think of unemployment. You think of the, the informal, um, economy, um, that we have in South Africa or that we should be growing, um, in South Africa. You think of the formal, um, uh, economy. You think of, co- uh, corporate. You think of government. You think of all those numbers when they bring all those numbers, um, together and the, the South Africa that we live in. These numbers tell us that there's something that we need to do as a whole, like looking through, whether it's looking throughout education, looking throughout, um, even tertiary, looking just throughout the whole system. There's things that we should do because universities, I mean, universities are always getting applications. I mean, our kids are going to school. We told them to education is the key to the future. They are going to school. Um, universities are turning people away. Now we have an opposite problem where we're turning people away, where we're saying, Hey, they can't afford to study. Um, they can't go in. So it's really Really not, um, I think the trap that we shouldn't fall into again is finding one stick and think this is the golden goose, um, as we did perhaps a few five, ten years ago when we, when we brought forward education, which isn't wrong, mm. but we put that as this is the key. Yeah. And now we have edu- educated unemployed people. Sure. And I mean, what, what then becomes the turning point, right? Um, or rather, before we even talk about the turning point, I mean, I think from your perspective, what do you think has been a contributor to us getting to where we are right now as a country? Any takers? Well, we are where we are simply because also on the side of the people on themselves, because to be honest, it's not only the government that can solve the problem. <laughs> I think the solution is sitting with each and every one of us. Mm-hmm including the unemployed people, they are sitting with the solution. Because if you come to think about it, is that employment is about someone creating a job for you. But I think nothing stops anyone from employing themselves Mm -hmm. and nothing stops anyone from creating a job for themselves. So actually, that's why we are talking about um, solution-driven entrepreneurship, which is more of a high-level entrepreneurship. And we are talking about self-employment which is more of necessity-based entrepreneurship. So there is really nothing that can stop the the people who are unemployed to to look into opportunities of employing themselves. I was actually looking at the the GEMS report when it was talking about the fact that South Africa is a bit low in terms of uh, the rates of... um, the the, the, uh, solution-based entrepreneurship is more higher than the necessity-based entrepreneurship. And I, I was wondering why. What does that mean? So the, the solution-based entrepreneurship, you are starting a business because mm. you want to solve a problem. Solve a problem. Mm. But now the necessity-based, you are, you are getting into business because you need to provide for yourself. Mm. <laughs> so you want to survive. Mm. So you are into mm. business for, for survival purposes. Mm. So, But surprising enough, in South Africa, the rate of solution-based entrepreneurship is more higher than 
um, than the rate of self-employment or the rate of uh, the people who are just in there to to to, to survive. Mm. And I was asking myself how because it seems like you know it's rather it the opposite. The and mm. compared to other African countries, it's more higher because the people in those countries they don't have enough or sufficient companies that create jobs so they grow up knowing that they have to employ themselves otherwise there's mm-hmm. no hope to be employed anyway mm-hmm. so whereas in south africa people grow up feeling that there are enough companies out there that can employ them so then then people tend to not employ themselves like in most of the african countries because there you find that most of the people whenever they they, they, they grow up they know that there are no jobs the yeah. only solution is to create jobs for ourselves, is to employ mm-hmm. ourselves. Whereas here people believe that there are enough companies to employ them. But um, would we would we not not necessarily blame, I wouldn't say blame the system, but then um, the system has trained us to go to school, um, get a job. You know, that that's how we are trained. Um, it's We are not trained to, you know, even if, you don't go to school or even if you don't finish school, it's fine. There's, there's still, there's still hope. You can still start a business and be successful in it. You know, that mindset, um, a, a seven year old or an eight year old would not have it, you know, unless if it's instilled by the parents or somebody, you know, from home. But then if you go straight to school and you finish school, then you are meant to finish school and then you're meant to study in order for you to get a job. So would we say the problem lies in the system? Or my take on it would be the problem lies in the mindset of an individual. But then you don't know what you don't know. So even if you say it lies in the mindset of the individual, if Mm. I don't know at 12 years old that I do have an opportunity to start a business, Mm. you know, and all I know and all I'm taught is that I need to go to school, then how do we work around that? How do we navigate Mm. that phenomenon? Because that's how people are raised. That's how we are raised. So the um, the uh, uh, as you mentioned the the blame game the puss will always go um, somewhere. Um, if your government will be kicked somewhere else, if you're corporate, they kick it somewhere else. We kick it somewhere else, and it really goes to a fundamental thing that we really need to ask ourselves as South Africans in terms of outsourcing um, responsibility. Um, you think of and it's I'm not saying it in a bad light, but I'm saying that when it's exaggerated, it becomes. I mean, we think of government. We, we want them to use consultants. We want them to use experts, um, to manage. But when it's exaggerated, that's when it becomes, oh, these consultants getting billions and the work isn't done. And we really need a new culture, um, all around. Um, we speak about cultures, Kimsu, Tukumzwana, Kimpe. We really need to put within the people a culture in terms of the reality of South Africa, in terms of being enterprising. I use the example um, I once posted on my Facebook post that when you're doing your budget at home, why is it that parents are so secretive about their uh, their earnings? Mm. Even the budget just for food. I mean, you can let your child do the budget for the food. The food doesn't change. They just see the numbers. They see, I mean, they can, that, that that's basic bookkeeping. That's basic accountability. That's basic stock taking. I mean, those are small things that you can enable um, communities. You can enable from the inside out. Look in terms of communities, in terms of schools. What can we do with those, with that 10, 12 year old, as they try to find out where they want to be? Mm. Maybe they want to go into retail. Maybe they don't want to go into retail. They just want to go to the marketing uh, aspect of it. They're like, hey mom, you're buying all these things. I can sell these things. Don't, uh, don't throw them away. It really goes into us as people and us as families really adopting a new culture and saying that, okay, us as a family, yeah. this is what we're going to do. When you think of people, you think of the Amazulu. Amazulu are just a family. They're a nation now, but they were a family. And there's still certain principles they keep of the family. Whether right or wrong, we can debate, mm. but it was a family. The Jews, the Israelites, they were a family. Uh-huh. Where you grow into could be different. But us as Africans, even sitting into this stage, I think there's things that we can look into. They're not complex. They're really saying that, okay, we are the Ndrovos or we are the Mutsamais or we are the Maswanganis. As a home, you as the child, you take over. In terms of the grocery, here's the list. Here's the stock taking. You keep the budget of the list. If you work from home as an entrepreneur, when you have meetings, bring in your child to sit in in terms of the meet. Make them do the minutes maybe. Sit down and that teaches them two things, to listen 
Mm. Whether they understand or not, they'll listen. Yeah. After the meeting, they'll ask you, Daddy, what did that mean? Daddy, what did that concept mean? Um, they'll have relevant questions in terms of their interests. So it's, it's work, um, from a parent's point of view because we want to pay school fees and outsource. Yeah. Um, it's work from communities because we want government to come to our communities with these, uh, offers, with these initiatives. It's work from corporates because now it needs, they need to look at their culture and say, are we, are we child friendly? Are we employment friendly? We've had this stuff in our company. What's the development goals other than CSI? Yeah. Are we really working these people out into other places so that other people can come in other than the Danny sitting at reception for 40, other 30 than years? Getting retrenched yes. and getting retrenchment packages, you know, there's no option of, you know, there's, there's now something called intrapreneurship, mm. which is corporates who are now starting this intrapreneurship where they Inside. want to develop mm. entrepreneurs within yes. the corporate, you know, so that when, when, when look at ACBC now, it's retrenching hmm. a lot of jobs. A lot of over and above the Afro world view that retrenched yes, the massacre, you know. So, if we had those, um, 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 internally, the inter entrepreneurship internally, then at least even if there is retrenchment, but these people are not just going away with money, mm. but they're going away with skills, they're going away to, to build their businesses, you know, because corporates, their corporate has played a pivotal role in ensuring that their business at least starts and then they can go out and manage it. But are we doing enough? You know, I want to play devil's advocate, right? Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You've been so quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking it all in, and I think it's good mm. info. But I think in the in the in the space of employment, right? Do you think that it's necessarily the Danny who's sitting there for forty years, who's 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 been restricted, or there's too much red tape for them to grow within the space, and the company is mm. not doing enough to develop? Or is it really just an initiative sort of a thing? It's someone really taking initiative, you know, because mm-hmm. I battle with that. I mean, last night I'm sitting on a dinner table and these, these two executives are pointing to one young gentleman, right? Obviously he's white and they're saying, sure, you know, this guy works so hard in his story where he comes from is so, 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 I mean, it was so tough. Hmm. But he always smiles whenever you, whenever you, whenever I check in, he's there. When I leave, he's there. In the evenings and the afternoons, whenever you come, hmm. he's always there. Hmm. So I then think, is that, is that because he's white? You know, he was taught that thing. He was taught that way. Or is it, is it, is it a mindset thing where it's instilled? You know, I think if you could help me in understanding that. Um, my, my, my quick question, uh, answer before I pass on to the other guest is, as I said, the, 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 the culture, when I speak about the culture, I speak about the mindset, I speak about the traditions, the habits, the, I mean, it, it, it takes practice to get to that point. It takes practice if you're a rude person to be polite. Um, it takes practice when you're uh, a, a polite person to now to learn how to say no. These things are really, um, practice. And, Yes, there's some that saying, "Hey, guys, we are twenty something years into democracy." I mean, as uh, as Africans uh, within the stats, it's within the Africans that suffer the most. That isn't a um, a secret. But why aren't you picking up? Why aren't you coming into? And I said, because we don't have those strong. I mean, you can go to anyone and say, "What is your?" They'll hold on to something. There's things we hold on to as part of our identity. But are those things very linked also to being? Um, enterprising are those things linked to being um, economically active? Are those things that are they are they very linked or are they sending us in the opposite direction? Hmm. Yeah, well, for me, I think um, we have to look into as you were talking about the attitudes of people. Hmm. Hence, I was saying that. You know, it's not like the people who are unemployed, they don't have the solution. Mm. <laughs> mm. Everyone has a solution mm. somehow to uh, solve their own problems. Mm. And it cannot only lie externally. Mm. It cannot only be a responsibility of other people. So it's a matter of how much are you doing personally to get yourself out of the problem. And and I know that everything, the first thing, the, the the first finger that we point to is the government. Yes, it's understandable. The government is there to create an enabling environment, create policies that are friendly to creating 
many jobs that we are looking for and all of that and uh, to make sure that also there is enough support um, just like now recently we had the whole job summit and all of that the government is there to coordinate all the stakeholders to say that here is a problem you know how can we come together put together ideas and make sure that we, 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 we respond to the growing unemployment problem so yes the government is there facilitating everyone and all the stakeholders to make sure that the problem is solved. But I believe that if anyone can, everyone in the ecosystem can play their role, then we'll move forward mm-hmm. because the individuals can play their roles, entrepreneurs can play their roles, the, the labor unions can play their roles properly, and the private sector can play their roles properly because each and everyone, this thing is an interconnected system. doesn't rely on, on, on one board, mm. which is the government. Mm. So I think uh, as we're talking about the the mindset that is there, the mindset shift that has to happen, all of that, all of those things is real, that people themselves, they also owe it to themselves to make sure that they change their destiny and change their, their course to making sure that they do something with their life, they've mm. got the talent, they've got the abilities to change their destiny. So, you know, just to cut in there, you know, um, you touched on something, right? The job summit, you know, there was, there was, I think, I think even in the circles I ran in, there was some backlash, you know, Mm. to then say, who was the summit for? Mm. Number one, number two, if you have young people already facilitating, um, job creation platforms, Mm. they're already facilitating NGOs and NPOs that are aimed at, um, creating employment, educating young people. Should they not? Are they those not the stakeholders who are supposed to be in the room? Because we all know, I mean, the big suits and the big guns are going to sign off something, mm. but there won't be implementation at the mm. end of the day. Mm-hmm. But you need the foot soldiers. And the mm. foot soldiers, I mean, are the guys sitting in studio, are, are mm. sitting in studio here, who are able to take the gospel to the people. You know, and I think, and, and I think, you know, um, you know, when I look at that job summit as well, I think the second thing that came up is that it came off maybe more as a talk shop. Yes. Do, so do you guys think that we need more job summits or do you think that we actually <laughs> need to now implement? Yes. You know? ish, ish, ish. Well, I mean, Teho, I mean, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, 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 like we need jobs. We don't, we, we need to stop. We know that we need jobs. Yes. We don't need to talk about it. We don't need to, um, have workshops around it. No, we just need to implement, you know. But anyways, I've got um I've got a comment from um on my Instagram from Lee Letwaba. Um they say the corporate world does teach you um how to run your own business. Oh it doesn't teach you how to run your own business. Instead of teaching you they put in fear inside your mind or not um or not to lose your job. So basically they don't want you to lose the job. Um and the most mistake that we do <clears throat> is going to debt debt that you fear get into too much debt and then you fear to be independent. So basically you fear to lose your job. Mm. You know, because you're gonna get into debt and, and blah 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 blah. So um I think what he what he's trying to say is that people um the corporate world instills that fear inside of you that um how am I, how are you gonna pay for the house if you're not working? How are you gonna pay for your car if you're not working? So that mindset of entrepreneurship does not start Will not happen within the in the corporate space. And the other thing about the corporate space is that, um, you know, Standard Bank did this great campaign called My Fearless Next, where they were looking for entrepreneurs who have side businesses, you know. So then they would they would support your side business, your side hustle, and um and pay you like a million rand worth of a salary. So within the year for one year. So every month you get a portion of that million rand, which helps because then you don't, you're not dependent yeah. on the job. You know, you can actually focus, you know, maybe you can quit your job if you decide and then focus on your business. But then most corporates don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I think personally, that's the kind of support that is required for entrepreneurs. There are people who are entrepreneurs who are working for the sake of putting food on the table, mm-hmm. who are working for the sake of survival, mm-hmm. you know, but then that's why the biggest problem that entrepreneurs have is funding, you know. But if if at a certain corporate says to you, fine, I will give you your salary, take three months off or something. I mean, a big corporate like Standard Bank or an Apps or whatever, they, they, they can do it because they've got the money. And then support you in your business. And then you come back. And then, I mean, it, and then maybe they, they have their own probably a 
portion, even if it's 5% of your business, mm-hmm. you know, because they've helped you start your business, those kind of support mechanisms are required, I believe, everywhere. Not only from government, you know, because I do think government is doing enough. Mm. Um, uh, they can only do what they can do. You know, at the end of the day, we have to find our own solutions and we, ha- we have to define what it is that we want, you know. But um, I don't want to say that I'm blaming the system. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that we are looking at one, one, one space, you know. And I don't want to say having the Jobs fun- Summit is wrong. But what I want to bring it back to is, as in, okay, you guys as entrepreneurs, including you, Bulelano Kim, and myself. <laughs> okay, all of us here. What are we doing to ensure that I pull a Bulelani up? I pull a Musa up? You know, how, how are we, are we supporting each other enough? You know, are we supporting each other's businesses enough? An example. Um, what's the guy who does the under appliances? Um, not sure, I'm not too sure what his name is, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the, it's so yeah, the good. one that was trending the one on Twitter. Yes. Here's a guy who puts up these beautiful appliances, yeah. better than Smeg. Mm. And because and everybody was was just blown away mm. because it was disruptive. Yes. That was disruptive, you know? It's a product that um most probably there's probably no black person that has yes. done it. You know, he's probably the first, I'm not sure. And he blows up the internet with these beautiful Zeander appliances. And then, then the next thing he puts up the prices and then everybody's like, Whoa, okay. So clearly I'm not your target market. So we're not going to support Zeander appliances because a kettle is 3000 or whatever the price is. I'm not sure what the price is, but 5,500 is the kettle. my levels. Now you stay with your pine wear. Yes. But are we not going to support Zeander because the kettle is 5000? Um, on the, I'll, I'll, I'll go backwards. Um, yeah. on the, on the Zeander, uh, post, um, those that follow me on Facebook laughed a lot. Um, because I just kept saying that I want the Abu Malambani. Anyone that has something negative to say, Abu Malambani, they're not, uh, the target market. <laughs> yes. I just shoot them away. Obviously, you'll say that. You say that about Porsche. You'll say that about anything that it's expensive because, um, you're not the target market. Mm-hmm. Um, what I saw from, as you said, Going into spaces which so-called are not our spaces, we need to go in. Mm. The Zander story for me was beautiful, the good and the bad, because what I say is there's no one that's just loved. Even Mandela has haters, a lot of haters. Mandela probably has more haters than me, Mm. because he has a lot more lovers than me. Jesus Christ, even. There's no one that gains any amount of sex. Suck. Success. (laughs) Success. (laughs) Uncensored read. Um, no one gains any amount of, um, reasonable success without the backlash. And for me, I was like, and those are the people that are driving. Those are probably the ones that made it trend because there was like, Oh, look at this price. Let me show people who's gonna, and it might reach the people that it reached. The people that buy those things will buy those things. They probably don't make a lot of noise on social media, um, anyway. So the market, his market will buy. We do have black millionaires. We do have black multimillionaires. We do have black, uh, blacks on the, on the high echelons of levels. We do have all other races that buy those things on a daily. We do have, uh, art connoisseurs, people that like collecting for collector's items. We do, I mean, there's so much in terms of his market. You could export to UK to other people that enjoy that, even though those kind of aesthetics in terms of the mm-hmm. kitchen, um, in terms of the budget. But, um, just going backwards to, um, back to the, the solutions in terms of the, the jobs and, how can we support each other as entrepreneurs? I think we don't meet enough. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, I think, cause you, you, you look at this year alone, there's so many, these big corporates, they're the ones that are hosting these workshops, these expos, these, and then we come together. And then we hear, as you said, if you call it a talk shop, but if we're always going to be called, it's always going to be a talk shop. If we meet together, if we say, um, I'm meeting, I'm meeting with Musa. Hey, you have this idea. I also have this idea. Rather than dividing the market, we're doing the same thing, man. You're making, I don't know, you're making denim jackets. I'm making denim G, um, trousers. We're doing the same thing. Probably my costs, my production costs are higher because you get the denim material cheaper. I don't know where you get it. 
But I'm losing customers because some can't afford. They love the design, but they can't afford. So it's a case of us really being honest with ourselves. Even as uh, entrepreneurs, I'd also put the blame um, in terms of us that sometimes it's tempting to, once you found the formula of, okay, this works for my business, I'm just going to do it along with because I'm going to get all the jobs, as many jobs um, as I can. Failing that um, an FNP is not a one-man uh, handler. All these other people that we actually say claim to be competing against, they are hundreds and hundreds of brains, CAs, I mean, really, really good brains that come together to make uh, a product su- uh, sustainable to the market. So to that, right, um, then someone posts... Um, on my one of my social media platforms, and they ask, "Is it still black excellence when the product is manufactured in China, Ish. but <laughs> sold by a black South African with a designer from Europe?" Okay, can I answer that? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Let me answer that. My my answer is yes. And I'll tell you why. Um, there's a lot of products that are that are done that are made in China, a lot, a whole lot. Somebody came up with an idea, and for me, he came up with a scalable idea that is feasible, that is, I don't know about affordable, but then there are. He probably did his market research and so forth to see who his target audience is, you know, and the target audience can afford it, you know. So for the mere fact that somebody came up with an idea and was able to make this idea become a reality and create it into a product so that it can be sold, for me, that's black, black as excellence. To me, that's black excellence. How you get the product done, really, there's there's a lot of ways to skin the cat. You know, whether you buy a product in 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 China and then you design it so that it can look to into whatever it is that you you vision it to be, um, and then you sell it within a month. For me, that's that, that's okay. That's okay because um, not we may not even have the resources to create those products here. You know, or we may not have the skills to create those products here, most probably. And then this person found those skills and resources in another country. I don't see that as a problem. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with you that sure. we, we haven't built enough capacity to localize hmm. the supply chain and value chain of all the products and services that we need. So hmm. we still rely on externalizing some of um, the other work that has to be done maybe to complete the product here. Mm. And I think that is, that, is, that is the right conversation that now is gaining momentum, that how mm. can we build in-house production capacity that will enable us to also grow our GDP? Mm. Because, um, I mean, recently we, th- th- there was a, what do we call it, the, the investor conference the investment conference that the president was talking about, I think it, it was also seeking to touch on all of those things to say that how can we bring investment uh, into into the country by uh, building local manufacturing capacity mm. just so that, you know, we can have a lot of things be manufactured here. We've seen the train, uh, the, 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 the train investment project that has been done. We've seen also the marathon that is going to be uh, manufactured here mm. so that we also have an African, you know, uh, made cell phone so that it can be supplied to the rest of Africa, which that production is going to be localized in South Africa. So I think some of the things we are really getting there, but we are still at an infant stage. But I mm-hmm. think the narratives is changing mm-hmm. and uh, we are still yet to see the results of some of those things. Hmm. Sure, and man. Um, I think for me, so I think well, some of the things that I commend, right, is when you find large organizations um, starting to take a new note, right, in them now starting to invest in local plants. Mm. You know, because yeah. that stimulates growth, mm. it stimulates employment, it stimulates the economy. I mean, a couple of the automate, uh, I think a couple of the automotive guys have done that. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. they've placed that they, some of the models. Certain of the models. The certain of the models, yeah. I think C Class is now doing that as in well. And I think, yeah, and I think, and I think that for me becomes commendable because when we keep procuring products that are manufactured wherever, then it's really the economy in that space. I think from a jobs perspective mm. that benefits mm. as opposed to 
um, people in this country. Yeah. Mm. And I think one of the biggest questions I also then had before was, so we are creating these plants, but these plants are automated, right? Mm. So does that not frustrate employment? And I was sitting with one guy who's building mm. a 5.8 billion rand plant out in Tswane, right? And he was saying that actually, on the contrary, according to the research of Dan, it's actually going to create more jobs. Because it's stimulating speed, it's stimulating productivity, and it's stimulating the market. So I find that to be really, really cool and very commendable. But I think for me, from a, an employment perspective, you're sitting with SMMEs that really want to cause an impact, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the very same time, they can't hire, <laughs> you know, they can't hire, uh, they can't hire number one skilled individuals because they won't be able to afford them. Mm. But at the very same time, they're sitting with a predicament that if they hire someone who's of a lower spec, it frustrates them. Mm-hmm. So in that environment, what sort of interventions really do you think that government can play a key role in facilitating that engagement could we see yes right we see what yes is trying Youth to employment, do uh, um but uh, i'm yet to meet an smme who's gonna <laughs> raise their hand and says i've seen these employees from yes um my, my controversial line but that's just by the way when you think of um limiting from a political front maybe from a policy front the the minimum wage we you it's easy when looking at a minimum wage from the perspective of i'm an employee and I'm like, when they say minimum wage, it means that we're going to be exploited even more. But we never, that's why the group think is sometimes dangerous. We never really think of the masses outside of ourselves. You think of um, labor, even unions, when they're railing, um, we, we're speaking now unemployment. Where are the labor unions um, in the discussion of employment or not? They're on the discussion of whether things increase or not, or the cost of living, but where are they in the conversations of employment are some of the things they're demanding actually making people lose jobs because they like would rather have a thousand people here earning so much because you can take so much from them than having 10,000 people um, in the industry you may not get as much but at least people will be able to maybe even upskill into um, into other jobs that they need because we speak about the, your foot in the door even the yes I think is trying to get the youth the foot in the door they're trying to say hey corporates open up Let's just get our youth in the door because maybe if the youth is in Cliff Central and sits down and he pops, um, you'll be like, okay, this guy is good. You can go for our, our, our they call it graveyard, too. They still call it graveyard show. Mm-hmm. Contest him in a graveyard show, see how he is, see what he pulls in. Does he have a market? Do you have advertisers? So it's the government, as, as, um, as you mentioned, the government is doing a lot and it's, I mean, it's taking our ideas. I mean, Utuma Minashem. This year, he's, he's being too mad, um, uh, as far as what we, we, we setting up to do, even from this, uh, the money he's been able to get, uh, promises, um, in terms of investment. He is getting a lot in terms of, he is using his, cause he does have some influence. He is using that influence. Um, it's always difficult for, for us when we are now, when we, me as an entrepreneur, when I'm now locked by red tape, when I'm now locked by, when I'm threatened to go to jail because I need to wing this or wing that. And as an entrepreneur, you don't have the luxuries of, um, the laws. I can, I can go into the same laws as a shop, right? Mm. I can't have the same laws and regulations as a shop, right? They need to differ. Hmm. I think just to add on that, the, 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 the monies that, that, um, is contributed through the skills development levy, is is doing a lot, but mostly for the corporates because we find that corporate benefits from the government Tax. money by um, uh, having the government foot the bill mm. of, of 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 the the young people who get employed, but that doesn't happen to small businesses mm-hmm. because we need employees, mm. and uh, but now we need someone who's going to foot that bill as well, mm. so that we can also expose these young people mm. to what we do. And give them the skills that they need so that they can be market ready and competitive mm. and, and be employable. So, but uh, as you said that it's very difficult for small businesses to employ and they need that capacity in their businesses, mm. but they can't afford it. So as much as government is doing it to big business where there's a sitter in place that makes sure that young people are placed into companies and then it is a, the responsibility of government to make sure that they are paid from the taxpayers' money the same way 
the government can do to small businesses where we also get some um, you know benefit of of taking in young people at the cost of government and a quick example there uh, just when you mentioned um, that money and those uh, incentives going to the small uh, business you think of someone let's say a, a guy earning six thousand and he works in Santon versus a guy earning four thousand working in Alex and your business is in Alex he can earn two thousand and less and still earn the same because you your business is in Alex yeah the other one needs to travel to and he's probably using two or three other hours to travel to so it's really looking at it's not that the money isn't there. It's really looking at how best to prioritize it. Sometimes you're not even decreasing their salary or decreasing what they're taking home, but you can be creative in terms of how we move our money. So we've got uh, Noma Lungelo joining us now. Noma Lungelo D, right? I hope I didn't get it wrong. From Tiger Brands. Noma Lungelo, how are you? I'm alright, and how are you? Good, good. Norma Lungelo, you speaking to Bulelani. We're excited to have you on the show this afternoon. Could you please greet our listeners, tell us who you are and what it is that you do? Uh, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Lungelo Bengu. I currently work as a talent and career development manager for Cyberbrand. My background has always been in learning and development and talent management, and my personal passion being youth development, or should we call it graduate development. Yeah, so Nomalungela, man, you know, um, looking at the current stats that, that, that recently came out, I mean, what comes to mind? Sure. For me, there's a lot of crash dreams that are running around out there being called a statistic of 27%, where we have sent our young people to various tertiary education, and hopefully that in the future they'll be able to land the right jobs in order to contribute to our country. But somehow, the big corporates have not been playing their ball, so... Therefore, they end up being called um, unemployed youth and with cash trends as a bet. Wow, that's, that's amazing. And as a talent manager, what do you think needs to be done to rectify this? I think we need to collaborate more with the education sector in order to influence their curriculum so that they start training and developing the right uh, skill sets and the theory behind it of the things that we're actually looking for in the business. It doesn't help me right now to find someone um, who having to choose between someone who has a certificate in personal management with someone who has a BCom degree in human resources. Because obviously I'll migrate to those with BCom, but we all know that finance plays a big part of what qualification a person can afford, and yet we are all competing for the same jobs in the future. So I believe that collaboration between uh, education, or should I say higher institutions, and business is critical in ensuring that we are developing the right skill sets uh, for the future of business. No, that is true. And I agree with that because I think one wise gentleman says collaboration is the future innovation, right? So I think um, one of the last uh, few questions I'd like to ask is, um, do you think that, um, I mean, with the unemployment rate being what it is, is it due to uh, people, I, I mean, I still, uh, do you, according to your perspective, right? I mean, I want to frame this right. Do you see young people still, um, um, do you think young people still have an interest in actively going out there and looking for jobs? I mean, amidst the high in- unemployment rate and also the rejection that they are, that they experience on a continual basis. Personally, what I've seen is that uh, young people with qualifications will actively go out there, look for jobs, say in their first five years or so. But if they don't get uh, the appointments that they're seeking for, the interest starts declining. And also it doesn't help that the word on the street that right now is that people need to be entrepreneurs as if that's the only silver bullet for people to mm. actually gain uh, gainful employment. It's actually a combination of those two factors and the fact that how do we prepare our young people who are living institutions or who are sitting at home in order for them to be ready for the world of work or for being uh, gainfully employed or even being on their own as entrepreneurs. Not that one is over the other, but rather it's a combination that we need as a strategy to get uh, our young ones back into into being uh, in, in actually to actually live a more fruitful life and gainful life. So, I think you raise one thing, and I'd like to ask this one last thing and get your view on it, right? <laughs> so, so, so you raise this, you, so, so you raise a viewpoint that says that entrepreneurship is not necessarily the way out. I mean, if I'm understanding it correctly, right? So do you think yeah. that entrepreneurship, uh, what, what sort of other interventions do you think can come in in terms of curbing this um, unemployment um, rate that we are faced with? I, I believe in a strategy of three. So theory or education has a, a role to play and thinking differently and creative, which is where the entrepreneurial spirit for me comes from. 
But there's also something around uh, life skills or life preparation as to say whether or not you choose a life as an academic or whether or not you're choosing a life as a future employee or whether you're choosing a life as an entrepreneur. There are things that you need to do to you or help you to prepare yourself for that particular path. Right now, people are either told go to school and work or go start something else, but no one prepares them for the challenges that come in their ways or for what the environment or the context that they'll be playing in is. So somehow a person spends the four or five years building a business. While they get into the market, they can't uh, actually survive or sustain because no one prepared them for that. And the very same thing happens uh, around education. You get brilliant people with big degrees in engineering, in actual science, failing within the first two years or so in the employment because no one prepared them for what they will get when they go out there. I think for me, there's a combination of stuff. Allow people to be creative, allow people to have background or knowledge to, to start working from and also prepare them for what's coming towards them. Yeah. Sure. Well, Nomalingela, thank you so much. I mean, I think we need to have you in studio. Mm-hmm. I'll ask the producer <laughs> to... Yeah, no, 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 no. You know your stuff. <laughs> and thank you so I much. I've, I've been in the faith for 16 years, so wow. I would like to say I do know wow. a thing or two about the young people. Now, we need to definitely get you in studio. Thank you so much for giving us your time, and we truly appreciate it. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Only a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow. So, guys, I mean, so I think I think that this leads to the question, right? Um, is, is, we always preaching entrepreneurship, right? As, 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 as an alternative career path. And I think I'd like to throw this, to, uh, I'd like to throw this into the room. Is, is that the only other path apart from employment? I don't know if I'm so asking say, an idiotic question. <laughs> so I would say, I would say it's definitely not. Um, and I'd also put in a controversial one to say that not everyone should be employed, like in a, in a general way, getting so you're getting so addictive to this economy where everyone must be employed, everyone must be in this this money cycle, everyone must be um, uh, in this rat race um, per se. Um, there's different there's different ways for different people in terms of how they want to live. I feel we've all decided we want to live this way, and there's requirements for living. Anyway, you could live in the farms, you can live in the, what they would call maybe the, the, the rural areas. You could live with your family, you could work your land and your family and not be, um, whether formally employed and not be even self-employed, um, for argument's sake, but really living within your small community out there on your plot of land with your food, with your, you guys make your own clothes, you make your own. So there's many ways in which people can make their living. I just feel that the danger, as you said, and there is a danger in saying people must be entrepreneurs because being an entrepreneur is a very, it's a difficult thing. I don't encourage any of the youth I mentor to be an entrepreneur, but once they're in, I help them um, in terms of, I show them where the resources are, I show them where the tools are, where the shortcuts are. But being an entrepreneur, it's it's very difficult. Um, it's very, very difficult. And I don't think we need um, to say, hey, let's all be entrepreneurs, All, but you can be, you can employ people you can be self-employed. You can be, as you said, you can have the side hustle. You can have your job and have the side hustles, which now eliminates the debt, um, the issue of your debt, the issue of you, maybe the black tax, the issue of many of the, the social things that come with um, working yeah. um, within these towns. So I think there's, there's many ways of... Um, there's many ways of skinning a, a cat. And maybe even the government can look in terms... Even academia. Think of people that teach. There's people out there that can just... They can really teach. Mm. We're talking about bringing the phones, uh, manufacturing them here. Do we have schools that teach people how to make phones, how to make clothes? I mean, there's people that say, you know what? I have this knowledge. I can teach. Um, take care of my life. I don't need to be in corporate. I don't need to open a consultancy or anything. I've retired. I don't need the money. But how do we use even those skills and that knowledge? So that's why I said it's a culture change. And you mentioned collaboration. Yeah. Even us as entrepreneurs, from a young person coming into the old one who says, I've just handed over my company, are those two speaking to each other or are we speaking into the air? Yeah, for me, I think the entrepreneurship is an alternative way of making a living. So that's why we're talking about two types of entrepreneurship, where you have the solution-driven entrepreneurship and the self-employment kind of entrepreneurship, mm. which is necessity-based. Mm. So I think most of the time when we refer to entrepreneurship, we refer to the solution-driven one, which is the one that you're talking about that is more difficult. Yeah. But 
the reality is that when you go out of South Africa, especially into most of the African countries, so people are more self-employed. People are more into trying to do something to make a living. And I think that is what is lacking in our country, that in a situation where the government cannot absorb the entire labor force, as well as the private sector cannot absorb the entire labor force that is there, who's going to absorb them? Mm. So that's why then is a matter of the interpre- those who can be solution to entrepreneurs can start their own businesses and uh, if they're high impact, grow their business to be able to absorb some of the labor force. But those people who are left outside, the question is, what are we saying about them? What is it that they need to do? For me, the solution is one, that they need to uh, uh, do something for themselves. They need to make a living for themselves. And whether someone stand on the the street and, and, and sell anything they can sell to make a living, so be it, rather than someone having to sit down and do nothing with their lives because there's not mm. going to be an income. Mm. So one way or another, you know, it's, it's up to each and every individual what they want to do with their lives. Mm. Sure. So, wow. Yeah, no. That hour definitely flew <laughs> by flew. very quick. <laughs> yeah. So we normally close the show off in star, right? I mean, this is 30 seconds of, I guess, inspiration. But I guess for today, we could target it to the young gentlemen, the young ladies out there just either maybe they've given up and they're no longer going to go out there into the field and look for a job or they're just going out and they're trying as much as they can. Mm-hmm. What do we say to them, Tahoe? Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take <care of> God. <laughs> um, well, from my end, it's, uh, we, we need to change the mindset, you know, change your mindset into thinking of becoming a creator instead of a consumer. Mm. And, um, with changing that mindset, I think we can develop more entrepreneurs. Mm. Yes, sir. Quick one. You're unemployed, you're sitting at home, there seems to be no hope, your CVs, you're sending them, carry, it's, it's like they're bouncing. Wake up, look into your community, identify 20 businesses out there, go to each and every one of them, volunteer to work for them one day for free, one day for free, just, just say you're gonna eat whatever they eat, even. Just go to them, now you are employed. You'd hardly find people that say no, in terms of you coming just one day a month. The business that asks you to come more than one day, then ask for, for payment for that day. And then from there on, you'll find yourself. Because sitting at home will depress you even more, and it will it will make you think that you are not enough or you are not capable, and it will throw you into, within the stats, the people that have stopped yeah. um, looking. So go out there. Um, uh, even with you, your degree yes even with your degree go into that welding place go into that panel beater go into that supermarket go into say i just want to work one day just for free i'm coming in here i'll eat whatever you feed me i'm coming here can i come in here clock in in the morning clock in at night one day a month 20 businesses whoever says um hey please come back again that's your job yeah, for me, it's about go out there and be economically active. Uh, being economically active is just creating value. And you can create value with your talent, with your skill, with your time. And you can do anything just to create value and be a participant in the formal economy. So the choice is up to you. Get out there and be economically active. Sure. And I think just for me, don't give up. Mm. Keep showing up. Keep sending those CVs out because at the right moment, your opportunity is going to knock at that door. Thank Amen. you so much for joining us, uh, Cliff. Uh, thank you for joining us on Cliff Central. It's 360Ps. Join us again next week, Wednesday, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Signing out with Bye-bye. my girl, Tejo. This is CliffCentral.com.